It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Bonnie Elgie coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen here in the city of Calgary, Alberta. Alex Pudisi is an entrepreneur and community builder. He is the founder of Alberta's largest co-working community called Work Nicer, with offices in both Calgary and Edmonton. He has an impressive track record of starting a number of different companies and also spends his time making the Calgary community a better place. Alex is the founder of 100 Men Who Give a Damn in Calgary, Gen YYC, and the Calgary Coworking Alliance. He is also a proud mentor with ATBX and Startup Calgary. So Alex, welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time to be here today for all of our listeners. Hey, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, yeah, looking forward to our chat. It's going to be a good time. One of the reasons, Alex, I'm really excited to talk to you today is because you have a company with operations in both Calgary and Edmonton. So why don't we jump right in and, and can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your current business, Work Nicer? Yeah. So, well, Work Nicer, like you said, is the largest co-working space in Alberta. Uh, we have, a, a, we're kind of closing in or right around 500 members uh, between Calgary and Edmonton. And what's cool about Work Nicer is it doesn't mean renting a desk or just sharing coffee mugs. This is a community of people that rally together to work through the struggles of entrepreneurship or you know, being a remote worker, uh, celebrate the wins and the victories. And, and we believe deeply that no one succeeds alone. And so uh, it really is about uh, having a place and a community to work through uh, whatever it is that you're going through, chances are whatever you've been through, another member at WorkNacer has went through it. And that's really what this is about. And we kind of use Workspace as a catalyst in order to do that. And Alex, how, how did you get things started, started with WorkNacer? Like, how were you able to set up your financing and, and launch the company? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Truth be told, so WorkNacers have been basically, like almost until recently, it's been basically a totally bootstrapped company. So I actually really enjoyed telling the story because at the very beginning, uh, so we opened in December of 2015, and it was in a different, uh, a different physical space than any of the current uh, WorkNacer outposts are at this moment. Uh, we were in that one for about six months before we closed it. We kind of outgrew it. So we closed it and moved into a new one as kind of uh, number one. But WorkNacer started by bringing together 10 of my friends that I got to know through uh, a business group here in Calgary. And so we had known each other for years. I was working on my previous uh, security business. And up until that point, um, we had just been building these relationships in this business group. And we spent a lot of time together and got to know each other. Uh, and so I kind of came to them and uh, I, they are the ones that actually helped get this thing started. Um, that wasn't the reason. I mean, I can dive into the whole like reason of work Nacer came from. It was actually tied back to 100 men who give a damn, which you mentioned a little bit about. Um, but from a financing perspective, truth be told, before I even had a bank account set up for the company, I went to these 10 people and uh, they committed said they'd be in. And so they emailed in their deposits and their first month's membership and basically took that, used that money to pay our lease deposit 
And from then it was just this mentality of, okay, now we've just got to stay one month ahead while we grow. And so it wasn't this big thing where we went out and got a whole bunch of investors. My mentality has always been make a sale first. Uh, if you can just make a sale, make a dollar that validates the idea and that allows you to grow going forward. And so, yeah, it's never been this big thing where we had to go and put together this insane business plan and go try and get bank financing. We've never gotten grants and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of where it came from. And I am intrigued. So what is the connection to a hundred men who give a damn in Calgary? Yeah. So like I said, uh, prior to this, I had, uh, I'd been in the security industry for years, straight out of high school. I went down to the U S and I sold alarm systems door to door. I was 19 years old never lived away from home. Uh, and I was just like dumped out on the street in Virginia and said, Hey, go sell alarm systems. So I started doing that and I was okay at it. And, you know, to make a long story short, uh, I wound up managing sales teams across Canada and the U S for a few different companies prior to being hired on, uh, to a company's executive team out of Toronto. And I was tasked with creating a whole new division for them, which is a door-to-door sales program. And we took them and built them into the largest ADT dealership in Canada and eventually wound up coming back home uh, to Alberta and started our own security company, myself and a childhood friend. And we kind of built that company into a semi-nationwide business. And um, by all accounts, I had kind of like found my niche, right? Mm -hmm. I found my, you know, what it is I'm in supposed to be doing. I totally believed in the product. I watched it change people's lives. Uh, I watched people come back to us and say, Hey, my house would have burnt down without this system and all these amazing things, um, created some jobs and really checked a lot of boxes. And then I kind of really took a step back and said, okay, is this something I want to be doing for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Um, is this really checking all of my personal boxes? And the problem was, was that Truthfully, I just, you know, let me look at it this way. Let me put it this way. It's like nobody has a relationship with their security guy, right? If we're doing our job properly as a company, we would come in, put in the system, and we would never see you again, which is fine. But I'm kind of a people person. And so I was really lacking a lot of this human to human connection. I wound up with another guy starting this charity group called 100 Men Who Give a Damn. And the idea behind it is that we're raising. You know, $10,000 once a quarter for local charities, $100 at a time. And so what that means is we have 100 guys that get together once a quarter. Uh, we meet a, a friend of mine. He owns a brewery in town. We meet at the brewery. And um, we all pick one of, out of three charities that's important to a member and donate $100 directly to it. So really simple concept. But the real power, 100 people together that under no other circumstance would otherwise connect. You've got a hundred guys that are coming together, not for the purpose of networking, not for the purpose of an industry conference, right? They're coming together for something that is greater than themselves. And that was something I absolutely loved doing. And it turned out I was okay at it. And I wanted to figure out how I could do that all the time, not just four days a year. I want to do this every single day of the year. And that's what we're doing with Work Maser. Uh, We're just using workspace as the conduit or the catalyst to do that versus the charity component but that's really the connection between a hundred men and a work maser does that kind of make sense yeah i think that's a really um, interesting alignment that you've created and 
yeah, bringing people together to do their best work and, and to collaborate and share ideas in great space, right? Exactly. Let's shift gears a bit. I would love to get your perspective because you are working both in Calgary and Edmonton. Can you tell our listeners what are some of the biggest benefits of being an entrepreneur in Calgary and uh, also in Edmonton? What are you seeing between the two markets? Well, it's interesting because a lot of people asked us how we chose to go to Edmonton um, versus going to a larger market like Toronto or Vancouver or something along those lines. And WorkNacer, it's always been about how do we keep our members, right? How do we add so much value that members never want to leave? And so we always make decisions based on what's best for members, not based on what's best for trying to get new members in the door. And so the concept has always been growth uh, through retention. And so really, we had built this great network and a bunch of relationships in the city of Calgary. And I started asking the question, like, why, why do I not know a lot of people in Edmonton? Why are we not interacting with people in Edmonton? Uh, we're three hours literally up the road, right? So I ended up just going to Edmonton and said, hey, I'm going to make some friends, right? I want to start getting to know people there. And I started with uh, the co-working spaces that were in Edmonton and the other co- uh, managers of, of different co-working businesses and that kind of thing. And so kind of really over the course of the six to 12 months of just getting to know people, uh, people started asking about, you know, Hey, when's work nicer going to come to Edmonton? We could use work nicer in Edmonton. And that is actually kind of the reason why we started doing it. It is way more likely that a member in Calgary, an entrepreneur in Calgary or in Edmonton would expand their business to either Calgary or Edmonton versus Vancouver or Toronto or even Saskatoon or what have you. And so it just made way more sense to do that because that is a huge value add where we can help build this bridge between Calgary and Edmonton and build a better entrepreneurial Alberta. And, you know, we can, again, provide this platform or be this catalyst to start doing business in a city that maybe somebody wouldn't start doing business in. And so I think the benefit isn't necessarily being an entrepreneur in Calgary or an entrepreneur in Edmonton. I think it is an amazing opportunity to be an entrepreneur or a business owner in Alberta. Even though I grew up in Southern Alberta, um, like I said, I lived in a whole bunch of different cities and I'm in, I'm in Alberta by choice, right? This is the best place in North America to run and own a business. And so thinking of yourself personally, what are some of the benefits of being an entrepreneur in Calgary or in Edmonton? Like what have you found have been keys to your success in creating successful businesses? Well, I think the opportunity is limitless. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, aside from some of the basics, like, you know, we have, you know, there's significant tax advantages to being a business, a small business in Alberta and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, Alberta is a pioneering province, right? This is a place that, you know, was started by, with an attitude of, hey, you can just go and get things done. You can do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, however you want to do it. And that hasn't changed. There's, this is still a province of pioneers, right? And so this is a place where different thinking and entrepreneurial attitudes are welcomed. And it's, it's not like you necessarily need to be in oil and gas in order to make a go of something in this province, even though oil and gas often dominates the conversation. You know, there's just, 
so much opportunity. And I mean, this exists globally, right? With, in terms of, you know, with the, the internet and just the way that the world operates now, you know, there's so much opportunity now versus any other time in history, but I think Alberta is one of those places that is truly this great place to do it. What do you see as some of the challenges? I mean, we know that it's, there's lots of opportunity here, but as you've grown your business and, and developed this very successful um, footprint, what have been some of the challenges that you would, you know, advise perhaps aspiring entrepreneurs to watch out for? You know, I think rather than saying, hey, this is a specific challenge or this is a specific challenge, because it could be different for every industry. I think the bigger thing is the approach to challenges, right? I think a lot of people try and go into something and avoid problems, but that is just a total fallacy. It's not something which is realistic. You're going to have problems. It doesn't matter what you're going to do. I think it's important to just embrace that. That's part of the journey. It's part of the game, right? If you want to play the game of entrepreneurship, then you need to know and be ready that there's going to be problems. And if you can change your mindset in that way, then when they come up, it's not a woe is me thing. It becomes a, hey, this is the time for me to deal with the problem so I can continue playing the game. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you plan to expand beyond Alberta? What does the future look like for Work Nicer? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'll never say no to a conversation or looking at an opportunity. Uh, We've looked at some stuff, but right now there's so much exciting work to be done in Alberta that this is where our focus is. Never say never. You know, who knows what's going to happen. At the end of the day, uh, we're going to lean into the membership at Work Nicer and ask them, what do you guys need? What would be a benefit? Um, And if they, a bunch of people say, hey, we want to go into this city that's outside of Alberta then we'll start looking at that. But at the end of the day, we need to, to honor the members because at the end of the day, without members, Work Nicer is nothing, right? This is, a, this is the community is, is what Work Nicer really is. It's not a physical space. It's not desks. It's not boardrooms. It's none of that. It is the people. And we just need to make sure that we're, we're constantly serving them and that's what we're going to be working on. Okay, well, Alex, I'd love to ask you a few more personal questions here now. And, and one of them is, do you have a favorite spot in Calgary where you go to get inspired or just to think about your business? Is there a go-to place that you uh, like to go when you're, you're doing some big picture thinking? Yeah, great question. Um, I just got back from a two-week trip out of the country and it was actually really nice to kind of take some time away uh, before there was like a two or three day period there where I was able, like, I was just totally by myself and I was in a totally different time zone. And so um, I realized I need to take more time to actually do that. I'm not great at taking time away just to sit and think uh, I'd like to do that more, but to answer your question about being inspired, I am truly inspired every single day at Work Mesa. Every day I walk in and I see all these different people that I, many of them, I don't, well, I I know lots of them, but I I didn't know before. And that's what's amazing is that something that we've done at Work Mesa has attracted them here. And that is inspirational to me. That's what keeps me going is that there's all these people that have come here and called this home. And that's incredible. And then to that end, it's just like, we can't stop. I can't stop working. I can't stop making this, trying to make this thing better and growing and improving. 
because these people have chosen this as their home. They could stay at home and work. They could work in their basement. They could work at a coffee shop, but they're here because they're around. They want to be around people that continue to inspire them. And so just like they're here to be inspired, they inspire me on a regular basis. So Alex, what does the first hour of the day look like for you? Do you have some specific routines or rituals that you incorporate to help set your day in the right direction? Yeah, I've, I, I am tough from a routine perspective. I, you know, generally speaking, I'm up between 5 and 5.30 in the morning. And basically, I just take that time in the morning to not check my phone, uh, get ready for the day. I make coffee for my wife and myself, and we spend a few minutes in the morning chit-chatting and having a coffee. And then I'm usually in by uh, between 7 and 7.30. So I don't have this very specific minute-by-minute routine. I've kind of tried that in the past, and um, it's really hard for me to do that. I don't know why. I probably should try and do some more. Yeah, so that's kind of my first hour, hour and a half of the day. What about books or podcasts? Do you have some favorites you can recommend to our listeners or aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah, another great question. So I start a lot of books and I very rarely finish them. (laughs) I don't know why. And uh, podcasts is another one of those things where I have a tough time. Um, I'll put them on. And then I'll end up getting distracted because I, I don't ever just sit and listen to podcasts. But there's a few books that I, I do often recommend, especially to people that are looking to start their own thing and maybe haven't yet or just are. And maybe they're working a full-time gig uh, and they're trying to figure out how can I make my side hustle or my side gig uh, my full-time thing. There's a book uh, by an author called uh, named John Acuff called Quitter. It's the whole conversation of how to embrace your day job while having this side gig where your real passions are, and then how to manage the relationship between the two, right? And so a lot of people will start to become or have animosity towards their day job because they want to work on their side gig. But at the end of the day, this helps go through the process of looking at your day job as the very thing that funds your ability to do your side gig. So it really helps from a, a perception perspective. So Quitter by John Acuff. Uh, and then another book that I really love, and a lot of people are talking about it right now, uh, but it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. What's so great about it, and this is where that whole concept comes from of problem solving, right? In the book, he says, happiness comes from solving problems. And again, it totally just changes your mindset around your approach to problems. Because a lot of people think, once I just get over this problem, this problem, this problem, then I'll be good. But at the end of the day, as you grow, either as a business or as an individual, problems don't go away. They just become bigger, harder to overcome, and more expensive. And again, it really helps with framing that mindset. So those two are two that I love to recommend. If you weren't doing what you do right now, Alex, what kind of profession do you think you'd be in? Yeah, I think about that a lot. And I don't know. Well, there's a few different answers to that question, I guess I have. One, um, it's easy for me to get distracted. And so I've all, I knew, I do have this like idea of what I would do next if I couldn't be doing work nicer, mostly just to protect work nicer from myself, right? Because I, I want to be able to say, hey, I could always do this. Or, you know, if I get 
bored here or frustrated here one day, then my mind can kind of go there to think about it. And my approach would be that I want to like try and address or disrupt or get into industries that most people find terrible, like kind of like these like shitty industries, like, uh, I don't know, payday loans or that kind of thing where it's like people, you know, people won't like people like very predatory businesses. And I'd love to go in and try and flip it upside down to say, Hey, how can this become a positive thing versus a negative thing? So I would probably look at doing that. But I also always say that it's like, at the end of the day, you know, we're not selling desks here, right? We're building community. And I think that that can be accomplished in any industry. As an example, I always say it's, I, I hate accounting, but I feel like we could go and somehow build community using like as a, like by building an accounting business. Not that I want to do that, but to me, like that's kind of what I would want to do. So um, I'd continue to want to make sure that we're building community and building relationships and friendships uh, because that builds the foundation for everything else that we do. Uh, you no, not, no amount of technology can replace human to human connection. And that's something that I'm deeply passionate about. And so if it wasn't work nicer, I'd be doing something that still fulfilled that passion for me. And so if you were to flip that around, and I'm smiling because many of our guests say if there's one profession they wouldn't want to do, it's accounting. And you just referenced that. Is there something that you can just see would never be in your wheelhouse and you'd never want to take it on as a profession or job? If I had to answer, I'd say accounting to be honest, but I think honestly, I would love the challenge of going and saying like, if I could go and again, flip it on its head, how could I go and run an accounting business, not being an accountant and do it in a way that makes people love it. Um, And there's some accounting firms that are doing that right now that are doing some really cool stuff. So I'm not saying it hasn't been done, but for me personally, I like the challenge of that, of saying, you know, I don't think there's anything that I would ever say that I would absolutely never do because that's just closing a door to opportunity. And I think that, you know, how can you just unilaterally close a door to opportunity? So Alex, in business, do you have like a favorite quote or word or saying that you like to use or, or something that's, that's maybe your touch point is, and, and keeps you focused on your goals? Yeah, I'd say that there's, uh, there's actually two. I love quotes. Um, so the one quote is from uh, Zig Ziglar. He says, if you help enough other people get what they want, you will get what you want. So it's this whole concept of we give first. And that's what WorkNation was built on. We always give, 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 give. We want to give more than we receive. And by doing that, then we should, it's call it whatever you want. Call it karma. Call it the golden rule. You can call it whatever you want. But that principle is something that I try and live by. And then the second thing, I actually have a tattoo that says this, uh, and it says the process. And that comes back to the whole problem solving and the whole ups and downs side of it is like, you can't, you can't have ups without downs, right? That's just how it works. And so I think it's important just to remember when you're going through the shit or you're going through a tougher time or you're trying to solve these problems that it's like, remember the good times and remember the ups because you can't have one without the other. Well, and you're providing the perfect segue into my next question, which is, What keeps you up at night, if anything? Are there things that you worry about as an entrepreneur that uh, sometimes get that hamster wheel going in the middle of the night? (laughs) You know, I've always said, actually, that uh, 
if I had a superpower, my, my, like an entrepreneurial superpower, it's my ability to turn my brain off and go to sleep. Um, I honestly, I'm so fortunate to be able to do that where it's like, I know that at 11 PM, 12 PM, AM, 1 AM, there's probably not much that I can do to solve any problem that's happening. And if I don't get rest, then it's just going to be worse the next day. And so I'm able to turn my brain off and say, okay, I got to rest so I can tackle this and be at my best in the morning. So truthfully, very, very rarely am I unable to sleep or uh, turn off my brain. Um, and I'm, I know that that's not normal. And so I'm really, really thankful to be able to do that. Can you share with us um, like the top three things on your inspired list? So we don't want to call it a bucket list, but what are some of those goals that you have for yourself? either personally or professionally over the next few years? That's a great question. I don't really have that list, but there's a few, you know, thinking about the term like bucket list. And usually when people bring that up, they also think about retirement and that kind of thing. And I guess this doesn't directly answer your question, but uh, I, I tend to, I tend to think in terms of like mini retirements and travel. Uh, to me, travel, I think, is something that, you know, I, I, I work and I live to travel. I think that it provides perspective like absolutely nothing else on earth can. Uh, and it gives you the breaks that you need. And I think that, you know, I never want to stop working. Um, I think I want to take these mini retirements or breaks as we go. But I, I just can't imagine not having some other project or thing to kind of to work on and so from a bucket list inspired perspective i think it's just creating something that is lasting something that allows me to create opportunity for myself and others to go forward and do what they want but it is this whole work-life harmony or work-life integration where you know work feeds into life and life feeds into work and, and that's just kind of how it goes so again not a really solid answer to your question but i i hope that helps a little bit. I'd love, Alex, for you to share a bit of advice um, before we wrap things up today with our, our listeners. So we do have a lot of listeners who are either living in the U.S. or overseas as well as across Canada. And I'd like to, you to answer this next question with them in mind. If you were to start all over again and you just moved to Calgary or to Edmonton, but this time you didn't know anyone, what would you do and how would you start all over again, knowing what you know now? I think it's the same thing I mentioned before. You have to go in with the attitude of serving, of giving first. And that's it. I think you go and uh, you, you build relationships and figure out what you can do for people and how can you help people. And that will, that will give rise to opportunities, right? Um, I think it's a, it's a very vague question because it's just like, you know, starting over, um, it depends on what your goals are and that kind of thing. But the best way to go out there and, and get to know people is, is to go out there and try and help people. Truly, I know it sounds maybe kind of cliche, but it's like if you actually do that and want to do that, not for the intent of, okay, I'm going to give you something, now give me something. Like if you're able to go out there and serve people with no expectation to receive something back, like that's when opportunities will truly start to come out. That's great advice and, and applicable across any market. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Our final question is one we ask every um, person we interview. It's a bit of a hypothetical one. 
so I'd like you to imagine that there's a small tropical island uh, just off of Fiji, and it only has one phone booth. There's no internet. Um, you're not going to have access to a computer or smartphone or tablet. So we'll drop you off there, and you can use the phone at any time to call us, and we will send a boat and come pick you up. How long do you think you would last, and what would you do while you're there? <laughs> uh, I would not last very long at all. Again, I think I, I, I just want to be around people. I'm not good at being alone. I think we talked about that at the very beginning where, you know, I don't take a lot of time to sit back and just think. So. Honestly, I, I probably would embrace it for about a day, but being totally alone and disconnected is not something I'm great at. So I would probably call you within, you know, two to three days and, uh, and all it, I mean, and I would sit and think, you know, I would explore, but then I'd be ready to go home. Well, Alex, how can our listeners connect with you, um, both on social media and in the real world? Can you share your contact info if people want to find out more about work nicer or connect with you personally yeah absolutely um online worknicer.com and we're at work nicer on all the social media channels and then for me my personal website is puticy.com so p-u-t-i-c-i.com and i am on social at alex puticy on all the social media channels as well Well, thank you so much for being a guest today, Alex. I enjoyed talking to you and learned a lot, and I'm sure listeners have as well. So we really appreciate your time. Yeah, this was fun, Bonnie. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time as well. Hey there, it's Bonnie Elgie. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters. And if you have a minute, please write us a review on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.